2: Juicy joy,
1: juicy joy. Juicy joy, juicy joy. Juicy joy, juicy joy. Hey, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. You are so deserving of all the joy and juiciness you can stand. I'm Lisa McCourt of Joy School, and this is Do Joy, the vibration elevation podcast. Let's do some joy. Hi, my darling joy seekers. I hope you had a juicy, juicy week observing your feelings. I know it can feel weird at first and even a little self-indulgent, right? But I hope you came to some awarenesses about yourself, about what's real and true for you regarding your feeling state. And maybe you came to some realizations about the judgments you place on your feelings. No judgment if you found judgment. The last thing we wanna do is layer more judgment on our judgy precious selves for being judgy. We're gonna dig around in some deep insight today that will help you reframe some of that. So buckle up. This is gonna be an eye-opening ride I take you on. I asked you to pay attention to your feelings last week. Because the first skill we're going to be building together layer by layer, one step at a time is the skill of self observation. You are an energetic being love bug, like we discussed last week. And in order to work with that energy to elevate your vibration and uplevel your set point for joy, you need a good understanding of how this energetic system that is you operates. Once that understanding is solid, then we can start applying the juicy, juicy magic. So today I'm going to show you how your personal framework for experiencing the world came to be. Chances are good. You have no idea how truly uniquely personal this framework is to you and getting clear on that paves the way to a whole lot of joy that you might've been missing out on. So here we go. When you came into the world as a brandy new little human, you had a biological imperative to understand how it is here in this space and time. Right from the start, your program to seek and store away knowledge about this wacky world and your place in it. As you grow, your parents, your caregivers, school, culture, maybe religion, All of these provide information for you so that you can know things. And since it's so deeply embedded in your human nature as a growing creature to want to make sense of this world, you eagerly gather up these bits of knowledge coming at you. It's a lot to take in, so to categorize all this information, you set up mental buckets. This is my word for it, these mental buckets where you can file all these bits of data and definitions of things. This starts at a super young age. A lot of experts believe it starts in the womb even. And it's important to you to know what each new thing that you're experiencing means so that you can have a frame of reference for moving forward. These buckets that you set up as your filing system are going to have labels it'll be like the world is this i am this men are this women are this love money rules power all my place in all of this is this we all create this categorization system because life here is really overwhelming and we have a limit to how much information we can comfortably process our human brains have only evolved to process a tiny finite amount of the nearly infinite amount of information swirling around us so creating these buckets is really just the thing that makes it manageable for us this goes on at a subconscious level you're not aware of it okay here's where it gets interesting once you've set up a bucket easiest, most natural thing is to continue to fill it with similar bits of knowledge rather than allowing for a contradicting bucket belief to develop. One powerful reason is that we all have a built-in confirmation bias. I want to actually read you the definition of confirmation bias. Confirmation bias is the tendency to search for, interpret, favor and recall information in a way that confirms or supports one's prior beliefs or values. People display this bias when they select information that supports their views, ignoring contrary information, or when they interpret ambiguous evidence as supporting their existing attitudes. Sound familiar? This is a widely uh, demonstrated psychological fact that we see demonstrated a lot in in recent political and social attitudes in this country, but that's a whole other story. Now, some of your buckets that you set up as a very new human probably cause you to look for good, beautiful things in the world. People who have had the massive good fortune to set up mostly that kind of buckets are going to continue to fill them with similar evidence as they move forward, as they go on creating and attracting their life circumstances. We all know these people who just seem to live charmed lives but most of us have at least a few buckets set up that represent unhappy conclusions that we came to in our earliest years. Conclusions about ourselves, the world, other people, power dynamics, all of that. Now I always say I believe that parents, for the most part, do the best they can. Are parents responsible for most of our limitations? Yes, absolutely, no doubt. But it's no reason for judgment or parent bashing because our parents were just operating from their own innate limitations, truly. They couldn't help passing on their own crappy bucket beliefs. They thought that was how to love you and keep you safe. Because of that, and because of the way our culture tends to parent right now, always wanting to make our kids better, thinking that's helping them, it's likely that you established some bucket beliefs that aren't serving your highest joy right now. Maybe there's an underlying belief that the world is scary or unpredictable, or that there's something inherently wrong with you in XYZ ways. I'll go into all the reasons that these bucket beliefs are so egregiously common in another podcast because that's a deeper conversation we can have and I want to stick to the overview right now. But generally, negative bucket beliefs, particularly about ourselves, are super common. We continue to feed these negative buckets because of our confirmation bias, like I just described, but also due to another powerful built-in bias that we all have called our negativity bias. It's left over from caveman days. Back then, if you saw the tall grass moving, it could just be a wind, or it could mean An approaching predator. Your negativity bias would cause you to assume the latter because it was important to your survival that you choose that assumption and start running. So you can see how this served our primitive ancestors, right? The red berries that you just discovered might be delicious and wholesome, but since you have a bucket belief set up based on some red berries that once killed your cave mate, your negativity bias is going to tell you to stay away from all red berries. This leftover bias in our reptilian brains still feels like it's keeping us safe in the world, but we're going to see that it actually does the opposite. Because of these two biases you have, you go through life looking for evidence to add into those earliest categorization buckets that you set up. And these biases affect both how we view the world and also how we view ourselves. Remember, you're always propelled by that human need to make sense of the world and get smarter and smarter about what it means and how it operates. But as you can see, the conclusions you're likely to be drawing are heavily influenced by factors that have no basis in objective reality. We have a conformity bias, too, that's also left over from our primitive brain. That makes us inclined to adopt the beliefs and the energetic expressions of the people around us. There's a deep need for tribal acceptance built into us humans, because it wasn't too long ago in our evolution when being shut out of the tribe meant death. We know in our rational brains that's not the case anymore, but there's an instinct in us still that keeps that feeling alive for us. The next really unfortunate thing to understand is that the way our buckets continue to be filled is bizarrely cyclical. Let's talk about perception, my favorite topic. At any given moment, there are roughly 400 billion bits of information available to you to be processed. Out of those 400 billion, only around 2,000 are going to make it into your first level of consciousness, and your brain is really only capable of fully processing about 50 bits of information coherently at any given moment. I've seen different numbers for this. These are Joe Dispenza's numbers, so we'll use these. Joe's a good go-to guy for science facts. So how does your conscious mind decide which 50 bits to grab onto out of the 400 billion available pieces of information? It's always going to be the ones that match those original buckets you set up. Remember, the buckets aren't obvious to you. They're not in your conscious awareness because you've spent your whole life filling them. They've just become the water that you swim in. Your definitions and rules about how it is here that you made up as a tiny child just continue to get reinforced because that's the way awareness is programmed. In joy school, we call this the filter. Every one of us has a perception filter that is uniquely our own, the product of our bucket beliefs. And that means that every one of us is truly living in a unique world. There is no such thing as objective reality because your reality isn't my reality or anyone else's reality due to this tangly thick web of beliefs that determines how each of us is uniquely experiencing everything. We're all just seeing reality through a keyhole and none of our keyholes are lined up the same. Before we dig around a little bit deeper on this concept. I want us to do a tiny little experiment with perception just for a minute. I learned this one from Eckhart Tolle and I just love how it feels. So close your eyes, if that's a thing that makes sense for you right now, like probably not if you're driving, for example, but if you're just kicking back at home, close your eyes. Take just a moment to let your thoughts settle, let your attention follow the flow of your breath. And I want you to hold up your right hand without touching anything or moving your hand or opening your eyes. Is there any way you can know that your hand is still there? I'm inviting you to experience the inner feeling of your right hand. It's okay if you don't feel it at first, just direct all of your attention there and see if you can find the subtle sensible liveness where your hand is. Once you're feeling it, you've entered the energetic field of your body. You've entered it with your attention. Pretty cool, right? So you can lower your hand now, and sitting comfortably, now that you see what it feels like, see if you can feel that inner buzzing in the other hand maybe in other parts of your body you might notice it in your feet or your thighs it's almost like a super mild subtle version of what happens when we say a body part falls asleep the sensation you're feeling is your animating force the thing that makes you alive it's that electricity we talked about last week so I'm gonna give you just a moment now To see if you can crank up this feeling within you just by giving it all of your attention and focus. Okay, you can open your eyes if you had them closed. I hope you were able to really feel your animating force inside your body. Can you feel how your vibration is higher right now than it was before we did that simple little activity? Just by taking conscious control of where you were placing your focus and your attention, you were able to relieve yourself just for a moment from looking out at the world through the tiny keyhole of your limited perception filter. You were able to shift your awareness to something beautiful and meaningful inside of you instead. As we move forward, I want you to hold in your heart the realization of how easy it was for you to do that. So when you're not taking conscious control of it, which is the case for 99.9% of us most of the time, as you go through your life, your unconscious mind scans the horizon of possible bits of information to allow into your consciousness, It's like a radar, and when it hits a bit of info that fits with one of your bucket beliefs, ding, 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 you feel that must be what's true about the world because that feels familiar, and all of this happens in a nanosecond, so you pull in another piece of evidence for that bucket. Now, it's about to get really insidious, I'm sorry to tell you not only does this system work to strengthen our early form beliefs to ever more fortified levels but it also causes us to create more evidence that shores up these erroneous beliefs this happens energetically remember last week we talked about those electromagnetic signals that we're always sending out and it happens as a self-fulfilling prophecy a child who's formed a bucket belief with some version of the story, I'm broken, I'm bad, I'm not good enough just as I am, which is a very, very common, easy belief to happen by the way, that child is going to create more evidence to substantiate that because it's what he deep down believes. And that means it's where he's vibrating. We're all creating our external reality based on our vibration, so maybe he'll do bad in school or in sports or make himself unattractive or undesirable in some way that confirms that unworthiness. Our outer world is always just a reflection of our inner experience. So it's super important to understand that we not only experience the world through this filter, but we create our world through it as well. It will seem like you can point to all this irrefutable evidence to support those original negative bucket beliefs When the actual fact is, it's just that you've selectively gathered the evidence based on where your keyhole's been lined up, and based on your energetic output through this same filter, you've continued to attract and create new evidence to match it along the way. This is what I mean by cyclical, and it it happens to all of us to some extent. So. I'm explaining bucket beliefs as a way of demonstrating the most important thing anyone can ever understand when it comes to authentically, sustainably up leveling their joy. And that is, you don't need to believe your thoughts because more often than not, they're based in bullcrap. Your thoughts come into your awareness through a totally unreliable filter you created when you were a baby and have continued to fortify ever since. I want you to let that sink in for a moment. Just because we have a thought, it doesn't mean we need to believe it. This can feel kind of disconcerting if it's new information, but it's actually super freeing, and it's the key in shifting a lot of things in our lives. And when when it comes to our thoughts about ourselves, that's probably the most important area to shift up. So that's where we really want to start. We're gonna have thoughts cross our minds all day every day. That's just what it means to be a human being. And there are all these studies that have shown that the vast majority of our thoughts are habitual. The same thoughts we had last week and last year and so on. And that's going to continue to be the case until we start noticing, becoming the observer of our thought patterns and tendencies. And then once we're practiced enough at observing our thoughts, we can develop the skill of routinely questioning them. When we get clear that the negative thoughts we have about ourselves are bullcrap to begin with, are just the results of this faulty system that created our arbitrary filter, that's when we can authentically work to change them. Your life was designed by a child, child you. We create these beliefs about ourselves based on childhood misunderstandings, and then we enforce them with evidence that has no bearing in objective reality because it was just where we had our keyhole lined up. And we continue and continue to feed these false narratives with more and more evidence that's selectively pulled out of the vast spectrum of available bits of information to perpetuate them. None of it is truth. It's all perception. And when that aha starts to solidify that our default thinking patterns are simply inaccurate, that's when we're no longer trying to trick our subconscious mind with affirmations or positive thinking gimmicks. That's when we really see the truth that all of our limiting beliefs about ourselves are arbitrary and completely up for renegotiation. Even if it feels like you have evidence you can point to in your external circumstances that demonstrates that the negative belief you have about yourself is true, hopefully you can now deeply understand that it was the beliefs themselves that led you to create the evidence. New beliefs will create different evidence schema is the word psychologists use for the repetitive behaviors and patterns that we engage in every one of us has schemas running it simplifies life to have these default patterns for how we deal with things but when those default patterns are born from inaccurate harmful beliefs about ourselves it's imperative that we take control of them and the way to begin doing that is to observe our thoughts observe our thoughts about ourselves the way we talk to ourselves with that voice in our heads By cultivating this practice, ultimately, we're going to be able to observe, pause, evaluate, and deliberately make a different choice. And yes, you have to do it again and again to create a new schema, but I've helped people do it for decades, so I absolutely know it can be done. A lot of personal development models talk about rewiring your beliefs. When I actually believed we could rewire our beliefs, I kept feeling like a failure at my personal development work whenever one of those dreaded beliefs I thought I had obliterated would resurface and trigger me. The truth is, dramatic pause. You can't, you will never get rid of those buckets you set up. They're part of the vessel that you travel through this life in, and they are always going to be there to set off your radar. But what you can change is your relationship to the thoughts and how you respond to your radar going off. And that's what we're here to master together. This is an energetic universe, my darlings, and we're all living inside out. Our inner landscape is continually creating our outer landscape. That's just what we know now about how it all works. So with that in mind, This week's joy bomb will let you get a bit more intimately acquainted with that inner landscape, your inner landscape that's responsible for literally every single aspect of what you're experiencing as your human life. First of all, I invite you to continue the practice of checking in with yourself, going inward to recognize and honor all of your feelings with nonjudgmental compassion and looking for those small ways to nurture yourself and you're going to add in this new home play practice. Remember how yummy it felt earlier in this podcast when you turned all your attention inward and focused on your energetic being, that electric pulse that courses through you. This week you'll take some time each day to spend with that activity. Initially you may find the easiest way in is to repeat that trick that we did with your hand, where you get still and centered, hold your hand up and direct all your attention there. And then you feel it, that light, pleasant buzzing. It's always there. You just don't notice it most of the time. And once you find it in that hand, it's easier to find it in other places throughout your body. And the more you focus your attention on it, the more apparent it becomes. After you've done it that way a few times by entering through your hand, you might find that you can skip that step and just zero right in on the buzzing, that tingling, beautiful inner body sensation all over your body. As always, you'll have choices around how much you want to throw yourself into your Joy Bomb home play. You could just try it out whenever it occurs to you this week, or you could set aside five to ten minutes every morning to make it a scheduled practice. You could remind yourself every night that it's a really yummy pleasant way to fall asleep i love to do it while i'm falling asleep at night you could use it as a go-to calming technique when your day gets hectic just check out for a minute excuse yourself and go into that practice in his own words Eckhart Tolle says remind yourself to feel your inner body as often as you can this alone will help you to vibrate at ever higher vibrational frequencies and therefore you will attract new circumstances that reflect these higher frequencies. Doesn't get more straightforward than that my precious love bugs. So I want you to enjoy your home play this week, embrace it as you gradually become more and more comfortable embracing and adoring every aspect of your own darling self. I promised you baby steps but the doing of them is up to you and the more you do your joy the better for everyone on the planet next week I have such a treat for you my precious precious Rob Mac will be with us Rob and I have taught together for over a decade and he is simply brilliant infinitely lovable one of my favorite beings on the planet he's ivy league degree in positive psychology been on lots of tv as a celebrity happiness coach he'll bring a new dimension to this work that we're doing here and i can't wait for you to experience that before you go please subscribe like shower this podcast with stars and glowing reviews so more precious souls can raise their joy set points and elevate the consciousness of humanity you are that critical to the cause darling joy seeker I'll see you next week. Much love to you. Joy comes in many flavors, but they all start with you being full-on glorious you. If you'd like some personal love and support along your joy journey, find me at lisamccourt.com. And as you do your joy this week, remember that you elevating your vibration elevates the vibration of everyone around you and ultimately elevates the vibration of all humanity. Thank you for being a valued member of the team that's bringing more love and joy into the world. We need you. See you next week for Do Joy, the Vibration Elevation podcast. Much love.
2: Juicy Joy, Juicy Joy Juicy Joy, Juicy Joy